We have a very special guest on today's show. We are bringing on Daniel Popper, a senior writer from The Athletic, to talk about the craziness of the Chargers offseason, like the Austin Eckler situation, what really happened with Drew Tranquil and the Chargers' interest there, and his latest Chargers mock draft. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss big interviews like this, make sure you are following or subscribing for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast from. And today we have Daniel Popper on the show to talk about the Austin Eckler trade situation. What do you think is going to happen there? What really happened with Drew Tranquil and why he says the Chargers weren't actually interested in bringing him back for some reason. And his latest mock draft where he went with Dalton Kincaid at 21. But he said there's a very specific way the first three rounds should go for the Chargers if they want to get it done correctly. But here he is, Daniel Popper. All right, guys. Well, we do have our very special guest here today. We have Daniel Popper, who's the best beat writer out there covering any beat for my money, but he is a senior writer for The Athletic. And the only paywall I so gleefully pay for is The Athletic, getting out the most premium Chargers content out there. I would highly recommend everyone out there goes and make sure they're checking out The Athletic and Daniel Popper specifically because he just covers his team so well. You're definitely going to want it when Chargers training camp happens to the most thorough breakdowns of that too. But Dan, Thank you so much for coming on, man, and congratulations on the new song, Dreaming. You can find it on Daniel Popper's Twitter, at Daniel R. Popper. You can get the Spotify link there. But hey, man, pretty cool. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, check me out. Pear Pear on Spotify. Pear Pear. Appreciate the shout-out. A little off-season project we got going on, doing some tunes. But uh, we're here to talk some football, if I'm correct. This is not a melodic house podcast. Is no. No, I like the melodic house stuff, but I mean, yeah, as long as there's no tacos on that, you know, Twitter stream, uh, we're, we're good. Okay. Yeah. Music fine. Tacos. No. All right. Well, wait, pop, wait, I mean, wait, wait. hold on, hold on. <laughs> Slander tacos and then go into the podcast. Oh no. Oh, that's tacos suck. And now it's time for some, no, tacos no inside <laughs> joke here for anyone, you know, that wasn't here to trash Daniel Bobber for posting, you know, ridiculously delicious looking tacos. On his Twitter, doing honestly all of us a service, I will say. You know, shout out to anyone, shout out to the haters for funding this today. But, Pop, a lot's gone on so far. And I want to just start with just kind of the approach it seems like the Chargers are taking to this offseason, especially going against a lot of their specifically Tom Telesco philosophies, right? Max restructuring for big contracts, right? Going all in on this season. And I mean, they went all in last year, right? They made the big moves and the splashy moves. They'd made a point to keep this core together, something we didn't think they'd be able to do, keeping all these big contracts in the same you know room right now and being able to pay all these without, and also being able to bring back some important guys. But like, how risky do you think it was of them to go into this and say, hey, we're going to push these problems to 2024 to keep this core together right now? Yeah, I mean, depends like how you view risk. You know, sure. if you're thinking strictly about the short term, then it's not that risky. Like if you only feel secure in 2023, then it's, then it's not that risky because, you know, you're across that bridge if you get there. And that feels like what this is because you now have four players with cap hits over $30 million next year. And the only guy who's going to be under 30 of that group is Joey Bosa, who is not the youngest 
28 year old, you know, right. Injury history, no. history, all of those things. So, you know, there's ways around it. Like the cap isn't real. You know, people say that <laughs> like you can extend, but like the guys that you're looking at are older players. And typically how you get out of that kind of thing is by extending those players, but you don't want to extend a 34 year old Khalil Mack necessarily, you know, a 31, 32 year old Keenan Allen. Right. You know, so those are the issues that you're looking at. It's going to be like a really difficult cap situation to negotiate next year. It's not a situation that Tom Telesco or Ed McGuire, the chargers cap guy ever get themselves into. Um, and so like you were looking at the caption, you're like, okay, how are they going to get around this? And, and typically they don't go this route, right. but they're looking at a really difficult 2024 cap situation. Like that's just the reality of it. Uh, it's risky if you get there, but if you don't make it there, then it doesn't really matter. And it's somebody else's problem. That's sort of where they're at. Like they really, they really felt like last year with all these injuries that they didn't get to see the product realized. Yeah. And I think that's like a fair way to look at it. And so, but the only way with the current cap situation to see that product fully realized is to do these restructures and try and run it back one more time. Um, and that's sort of where they're at. But th the issue with that is, okay, not only do you have these 2024 problems, but you don't necessarily have a lot of cap space right now to go build out your depth with veteran players. So they are, fully relying on the draft to build out the majority of their depth. And like that to me is the most risky part of this situation, because if you're like, okay, we have to hit on an interior defensive lineman in the fourth round, or we're not going to have depth on the interior of the defensive line. Like that's super risky. Cause we've seen yeah. what can happen with some of these guys. So like that to me feels literally most, last year, yeah. like the riskiest part about all of this is that you're really, you know, re you're relying on hitting on, like a number of these draft picks to really, you know, you know, build out the depth to weather injuries. You're hoping, right. That you're the chargers that you don't have the same kind of injuries that you had last year. I'd be shocked if it happens two years in a row. Um, but you know, you're going to need depth at some point. Like that's just the reality. If you're going to win a super bowl, you're going to have to have depth. And that's where they're at right now is, is they have to, to build this out through the draft because of their cap situation. Yeah, that's definitely very dangerous. I mean, I don't like the idea of lottery picks having to be relied on in situations. I mean, how many of their rookies really made an impact last season, right? If you're looking at that and how many people you're going to have to count on, probably, you know, if you're counting not special teams, probably two. If you're counting with special teams, probably four or five. You know, Xander, Ja, right. who did get on the field, but still, yeah, a risky to, to just assume these guys are going to be able to come in and not be JT Woods or Isaiah Spiller where they need a full season to kind of season. Um, no, no pun intended. Go ahead, David. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the biggest story of the offseason, obviously, though, is Austin Eckler requesting a trade. I mean, the running back market, though, has been terrible. <laughs> it has not really done him any favors at all. And he's definitely underpaid considering his production. I mean, it, that's very clear. Do you think the two sides will work out a deal before the season? You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's a tough situation because not only does the opposing team have to, you know, create a package that the Chargers are willing to accept, they then have to extend Austin. That's they can go ahead and give up, like, what, a third-round pick to trade for Austin Eckler. But if he shows up and they're like, hey, we're not extending you, you have to play in your current contract, he's not going to play. He's going to do the same thing that he did to the Chargers. And then you just gave up draft capital for absolutely nothing. So the team trading for him, right, has to – effectively agree to an extension in principle before making that trade and that's the it. numbers he wants to hit too right, right. which is an right. important part of it and that's why you give an agent right 
the permission to go seek a trade because that's built into all of this. It's baked into the trade is that he has to get an extension. And okay, so if he wants to be paid at market value, what he believes like he deserves based on his production, like what are you talking about here? You know, 11, $12 million a year, $12.5 million a year. Go look at the market. And like, that's not what running backs are getting paid. Miles Sanders had a great year last year. Did not really get paid. He's out. literally getting Austin Eckler's contract from yeah, a few years ago. Yeah. Like, that's his contract. $4 million, right? And then you look at Jamal Williams, 17 touchdowns last year. What did he end up at? $4 million in average annual value? Yeah. Like, people are not willing to pay for running backs. And so, okay, you know, that's why it feels like the Chargers gave them permission. Go go look for it. Yeah, go ahead. Because they know damn well that they're not going to find a $12 million AAV contract out there for a 20-year-old running back who's undersized and already has taken a beating so far in his career. So it feels like they're not going to find anything out there. We'll we'll see. I could be completely wrong. They could find a team that's willing it to pay. It does feel like that, though. $12 million a year. But so then then what happened, right? right? Then you end up in a situation where Austin doesn't have a ton of leverage because they can't find a team willing to extend him. And But the, he does have some leverage in the sense that the Chargers need him. Now, that could change in the draft, right? They could take B. John Robinson if he falls to 21 and be like, good riddance, Austin. We're, we're moving on. That could happen, absolutely. But you take a running back at 21, all of a sudden, all of your other needs fall at the wayside. And it's much more difficult to find that, you know, the three positions that I'm sure we're going to talk about that you really need to hit on. And so in that sense, like the Chargers would be best served getting Austin back. Now, what is that? Like, how do you make that happen? Is it adding a year on to the contract, giving him a little bit of a signing bonus and appeasing him in that sense? That's what it feels like will happen. That feels like the natural conclusion to this is that the Chargers will relent a little bit without in- investing in like long term in him. And Austin will get some cash up front to feel like he's getting um, paid for what he's done. But one thing I will say is that the Chargers will not pay for pass production. Like they won't right. do it. They won't be like, oh, you scored 38 touchdowns in two years. Here's money because you scored those 38 touchdowns. They're going to pay you based on what they think you're going to be able to do over the length of the contract. And so. I feel like Austin's going to have another good year this year, but but there is a reality where Austin takes a step back. Like that's just the truth because of his size and the beating that he's taken over the course of his career. Like it's not like he's going to have another five years playing at this level. So they have to ask themselves how many more years it, does he have, and can we you know give him an, a one year extension or something along those lines so that he can get some money up front and both sides can be happy and, and Austin Eckler can return to the field. But I, I think that's like down the road. Like I really feel like we're heading yeah. towards holding, a hold-in situation um, and then, you know, deadlines force deals. And I think as we get closer to the start of the regular season, they're going to come to terms on something. But I would honestly at this point be really surprised based on the market um, if a team trades for him and then also extends him at the level that he wants to be extended at. It seems unlikely. And the thing from his perspective, too, is it also kind of feels like he's one bad injury away from being Jamal Williams and getting $3 million on the open market, right? So I understand him wanting to secure some of that because all these older running backs are one injury away from getting those deals where they're not going to eclipse 4 $5 million, even though they've been so productive. So I definitely get that. And I understand it from both sides of it. It's just a messy situation. But yeah, uh, one more thing I'll add, though, is that Austin is very involved with the Players Association as well. So he isn't necessarily just thinking about himself. Totally. Thinking about all running backs and re- and trying to reset this market and get this thing going in the right direction. Like that's how we, I think he's obviously he wants his and he wants to get paid, which like, I, you know, who can blame him? But I think he's also thinking altruistically about like, okay, I'm in a position now where I can try and reset this thing for running backs and get this going in the right direction. I'm going to do everything in my power to make that happen because, you know, he considers himself and is a leader for the players association as well. 
It makes sense. And, and, you know, you talked about on the green light pod, just like maybe that's a short-term deal with a lot of money, you know, with a yeah. little risk of a long-term thing. Maybe that is two, you know, one-year extension at $9 million. Maybe you bump them up a little bit this season. Maybe it is something like that. But, yeah. man, I mean, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to pay these running backs and the running backs that are getting what he wants. Those teams aren't usually successful. I mean, look at the 49ers. That one's still kind of yet to be seen. But, like, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, like these guys, it hasn't worked out, you know, for yeah. these teams who have been given that money. Derrick Henry's on the market now, too. We have more free agency and draft talk to get into with Popper. But if you're talking about the draft and you're talking about best player available, I'm going to talk about the best protein bar available. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. And right now, guys, make sure to check out the Mint Brownie Puff. They already had Mint Brownie as a regular Built Bar, but now you can get just a soft cloud of deliciousness mint brownie puff along with all the other great flavors because that's the great thing about built bar is the flavors if it doesn't taste good frankly i'm just not going to eat it so to get something that's well first of all fit on my diet and also taste delicious and is also 100 percent covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew it's just too much for me to pass up especially when most bars have only 130 calories in 17 grams of protein break up the monotony of your diet get something that tastes great and get something that has great flavors like cinnamon churro what else is cinnamon churro flavor that fits on your diet? Nothing. Nothing. Chocolate. Double chocolate. Peanut butter brownie. So many great flavors to choose from. And you can now find them at your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club. You can pick up a four-pack box or a 13-bar box where I almost guarantee that you would find your favorite flavors because there's so many great flavors to choose from. So make sure you guys check it out or go online and save some money since you listen to the show. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN15 to get 15% off your next order. With the cap situation, they were heading into a going to have a really hard time to keep some of their best players. And I want to talk specifically about Drew Tranquil because they got the other guys done. Drew Tranquil was the one where it seems like they went with it in a different direction. One way or another, they did go in a different direction. But there has been a lot of things said out there, especially on social media. So from your perspective, what do you think it was? Chargers tried to get it done something before free agency started. And then he went to try to test the market, came back. Deal's not there. Or was this something, hey, we didn't get enough from that position. Maybe it's not all Drew Tranquil's fault, but we need to go in a different direction, and we had our eyes on Eric Kendricks the whole time. Yeah, so I, I have some intel on this. I haven't really put anything together on it publicly, but you know, I, I can tell you, according to sources, that the Chargers never gave Drew an offer, and they were, from, from the jump, going in a different direction. Interesting. Uh, okay. So that's what happened. Um, it wasn't a situation where Drew had an offer, you know, after the season and then decided you want to test the market and see what was out there. That's, that's not what happened. Um, I can report that. And so, um, you know, the chargers wanted to go in a different direction. That was clear from, from the jump and, you know, the linebacker market was super saturated, obviously. Yeah. Um, and you had a lot of these guys, you know, re-signing with their, with their former teams, Quincy Williams, um, you know, those kinds of guys. And, 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 you know, a lot of these guys ended up in the five, six, six and a half million dollar range, which is what they signed. Eric Kendricks for now I don't know if the Chargers knew that Eric Kendricks was going to get cut and they were going to target him I don't have sure I don't know maybe that that changed the plan sure you know but typically teams have a good sense of of who the cap casualties are going to be um you know they obviously have ties to Minnesota Ryan Ficken you know coach there so not saying that that's what happened but I'm just saying like it's not hard Jeff Howard now too right new linebackers coach coach this guy right yeah. Not hard to to connect the dots there, and 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 teams typically have that kind of information. I don't know. I can't tell you that they knew that this was the direction they were going to go in. What I do know is that they decided that they were going to move on from Drew Tranquil. He was, you know, an Anthony Lynn pick. 
um, 2019 sure. drafted under the previous regime. You can go through the the depth chart and, and see a lot of these guys that either, you know, are no longer on the roster or have one really way or the other. Yeah. Day. You know, I mean, um, so that's that's what happened with Drew. I, I'm surprised they made that decision. I personally would rather have a 26 year old Drew Tranquil ascending than a 31 year old Eric Hendricks. Um, but, you know, the Chargers opted for a, a different direction and they're going to roll with Eric Hendricks. And I think they believe that, you know, he's going to be a really good influence on Kenneth Murray. Now, I thought Drew Tranquil was a really good influence on Kenneth Murray, but, you know, you're also talking about, you know, they, like you said, they brought in Jeff Howard as a linebacker's coach. They moved on from Michael Wilhoit. You know, Drew and Wilhoit were very close. So, like, you know, you can kind of, like, connect the dots and 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 read between the lines there. That was kind of interesting, too, just because you saw Kazir White and Drew Tranquil go back-to-back with their best career seasons. You know, maybe we have a kind of a different view of what good linebacker play is because of the linebackers. Maybe that skews it a little bit, but that was a little interesting, even though, yeah, he might be like a Joe Lombardi type of guy, at least as far as the connections he had coming in. Yeah. Kaiser's situation was a little bit different, but, but the reality is like this position is never going to be, you know, highly, highly valued with this defense and with Brandon Staley. That's just, that's just the reality of the situation. Um, You know, considering what drew signed for, you know, up to five million. So, like, that's not even a five million dollar guarantee. Surprising. You know, and 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 I know that he didn't, he told me at the end of the season that he didn't want to in in the locker room that he didn't that he wanted to be here raising his family here been here. You know, like he wanted to stay in Southern California. Um, and so I think this whole narrative that you know, oh, he he like signed with the Chiefs to get back at the Chargers. Like, that's not how any like of he selfishly happened. went out and thought he could do better and, and poo pooed what the Chargers yeah, saw him. Sure, that's not how any of this went down. It was it was. You know, it was the writing was on the wall from the jump. Um, and that's just I feel like that's how they're going to approach linebacker, you know, moving forward. Um, and so, like, you look at Eric Hendricks deal. It's, it's a one year deal. Like, yeah. about, you look at the breakdown of that contract, like they're, it's a, it's a one year deal. And then they'll probably figure it out again next offseason, you know, but linebacker has never been something that Brandon Staley's really valued since he you know became a coordinator in, in, in 2020 in terms of like investing resources. Like, obviously, you need linebackers. You need good linebackers, but I think the way you go about finding those guys, you know, do you have to really devote significant resources to that position to find guys who can do the job at a high level? Well, hey, moving on to a couple of guys that we really thought were were gone. I mean, kind of going into this free agency period, and that would be Morgan Fox and Trey Pipkins. But, you know, the Chargers found a way to bring both of them back. How important of a move do you think it was to be able to get deals done considering the holes that they would have left? Yeah, really essential, you know, I'm shocked that Morgan didn't have a bigger market. Oh, same. Like, he, was, he was awesome last year. Dude. I don't know, like, well, especially you see Deron Payne's making $22.5 million per season. I know he's a right. well, first-round pick. Morgan's not Deron Payne. But, like, you no, know. No, no. But you can there's a giant see, gap, yeah. and there's a lot of gray area there. Yeah. And, and you know, you see what the Chargers paid Sebastian and what they paid Austin Johnson. You know, like, yeah. I, you know, they're paying those guys to defend the run. Morgan isn't necessarily that good of a, a run defender, but – he showed you what he could do as a pass rusher and interior guys that can get after the quarterback consistently are typically valued. Yeah. That was really surprising. I, I honestly, I don't know why his market didn't materialize. I haven't been, I've been digging on that, but I haven't been able to. Do you think that. that it's because like he plays in the Brandon Staley system and he had his best years on in the Brandon Staley system or that's, even that like the undrafted free agent part of it. Cause I know that stuff Ooh. always seems to get held against. Like if you're undrafted free agent, it seems like that follows you. A little bit, even, you know, when you go on to do better things. I mean, he's a top 10 statistically, you know, analytically pass rusher on the yeah. interior. Like, that's crazy for me to see that guy get that money. 
Yeah, I, I think that the the hypothesis that okay, like he's only had outstanding seasons in Brandon Staley's defense. I think that's actually a decent hypothesis. Um, There's only two, you know, six sack seasons. Obviously, everything else has been right. well below that. Right. Yeah. Anyway, kind of a moot point. Chargers get him back at like a really reasonable, such deal. a good deal, crazy yeah. value. Anyway, with Morgan, like the thing that's great about him is that you know what you're getting. Like he's a, yeah. he's, a he's a professional player. You know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get the pass rush. You know no you're no learning gonna... curve in the defense. Nope. And you know you're going to get like a capable run defender. He's not an elite run defender, but he's a capable guy that's going to go in there and play tough and rugged to use their term, you know. And so I thought that was really important. Just surprised that his market didn't materialize, but that's good news for the Chargers. And then I always felt like the Chargers were going to do everything they could to bring Trey Pipkins back. I mean, I've been writing about him since he was a rookie. Um, the work that he put in last offseason in Crazy. Dallas. Mayweather, like he was a completely different player, and I give him so much credit. Huge credit. Um, I mean, he moved into an Airbnb in Dallas, and and um, you know was just working every day on getting better. Like, and that's what you have to do, you know, to, to you know develop from a Division Two Sioux Falls project into like a legitimate starting right tackle. Um, and he deserves it. He deserves it because he played that well last year, and I think the Chargers really appreciated him battling through that MCL sprain, that knee injury. Cause it was, I mean, he aggravated it three different times over the course of the Ugh. season. He only missed two games. Um, and you know, the alternative was Foster Sorrell going in there at right tackle. Oof. And, and like, let me tell you, Trey Pipkins was fully aware of like how important he was to the team. And, and he, you know, put his health on the line in a contract year and, and that matters. And it's good to see, you know, a player rewarded for doing that. The deal makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, I felt like he was going to end up in that, you know, seven to eight million dollar range. The Andrew Wiley range after that, that one. Dropped. Range. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I, I, I'm, I give the Chargers a lot of credit for over the last two years, the way they built this offensive line, because they have a really solid group now. Um, obviously, they moved on from Matt Filer, but you go left to right and you're like, OK, this is like a legitimate group. And I mean, it's the first time in a long time, you know, I've entered a season being like, I don't think i have any concerns about the starting group it's wild and they're all signed through 2025 daniel right and they're young and like so like rashawn slater is going to come back and be a better player than he was as a rookie jamari salier we'll see what happens at guard um yeah we'll see but i would expect him to be better at guard than he was at tackle i think like the narrative on him has kind of gotten out of control a little bit where like everyone's like oh he's like an all pro player like he he was fine like he was functional out there which he is great saved, for a rookie. Fine is yeah, outstanding right, for a rookie. Right. He yeah. saved their asses because he was much better than Storm Norton, but he is going to be a better fit at guard. Like the way sure. that he plays, right. the way he moves, his strength, he'll be much better in there. And I'm fascinated to see what it looks like with him playing next to Rashawn Slater and next to Corey Lindsley because that should elevate him. You expect yeah. Zion Johnson to be even better. I mean, I saw flashes of greatness from him. I think you're just looking for more consistency from Zion Johnson. And then yeah. Trey, a healthy Trey Pipkins is like a legitimately good starting right tackle so like you don't really have any weaknesses there we talked about depth earlier i think the key here is finding depth on the interior of that offensive line but yeah Yeah. two like very important signings and i don't think in terms of how the money shook out i don't think the chargers could have hoped for anything better than than how that went down with those two players and if you feel good about your interior guys like maybe he's a guy that you could be your swing tackle right like in case of emergency maybe he is that tackle for yeah. you and maybe that gives you some more flexibility yeah. to just add in the interior instead of feeling you have to bring in a swing tackle exactly. and i think the other thing about the two guys morgan fox trey pipkins outstanding chance to outplay those contracts and you want to talk about past versus you know future production those dudes should be able to reproduce at levels 
you know, especially a healthy Trey Pipkins, that should dwarf what those contracts are compared to the guys that are playing at a high level at those highly paid contracts. But we will get back to Daniel Popper and why he thinks the Chargers should not take a running back in this draft class. But maybe it depends on Austin Eckler's situation and his other draft thoughts because he has that latest mock draft, Pop Mock 2.0. I do need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is FanDuel. And guess what, guys? The tournament is heating up another full slate of games today. And especially when I'm watching not football, the best thing to do is have some action on it. And the best place to do that is with FanDuel. And right now is a great time, guys, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And one of the best times of the entire year to get in on the action. The time is now, guys. You can also do that same game parlay with FanDuel. Multiple props on the same game. Multiply your winnings. So don't miss the chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You did also most recently just release the Pop Mock. 2.0, 2.0, Chargers mock draft 2.0 at the Athletic. And love the pick you went with at pick one. You ended up going with Dalton Kincaid. And, I mean, you can talk, you know, about tight end and picking tight end and the amount of tight ends in this draft class because it's supposed to be a good one. But how much do you think Kellen Moore, like how much did the Kellen Moore coming in to be Chargers offensive coordinator kind of influence you into picking that for them there? Oh, it's everything. Yeah, they're going to use more 12 personnel this year. And I don't think that, Brandon Staley's vision for how they use tight ends was ever fully realized in Joe Lombardi's offense. Now in, in 2021, I went back and looked at the, looked at the numbers. They were like middle of the pack in 12 personnel usage. Maybe I think they were like 11th or 12th. Um, this past season, they dropped down into the twenties. They were under 18% in 12 personnel usage. And some of that was like personnel and injuries. Um, and, you know, Donald Parham was out. You had, you know, Richard Rogers in there, Trey McKitty Richard took a step back. Right. But like, <laughs> Like if you want to really function as like a, a 12 personnel team and major in this, like they need more talent at tight end. Like Gerald Everett is, is what he is yeah. like good move tight end. Great with the ball in his hands. He's going to be liable to a few mistakes every single game. Like that's just what he's going to have some drops. He's going to have some mental mistakes. And he's like, you know, at best, like an average blocker, um, sure. but doesn't, you know, doesn't have that want to as a blocker consistently right and he's smaller for a tight end too and that's part of it but he's a good yeah. piece like i'm you know great signing they needed him yeah i think better than jared cook i'll say right. but you need versatility and skill set in that room and so donald parham okay like when healthy and on the field difference maker but can you trust him to be on the field you how know? can you at this point yeah. i mean unfortunately yeah it sucks like it sucks to say and i don't i don't obviously like i'm i, I you know and i don't blame him for bringing him back either though right i mean getting him for like two years for what the one tender would have been is crazy but like i don't blame him for bringing it back you just can't put all your eggs in that basket like yeah I'm, i don't know have you guys seen details in that contract because i haven't seen any details. yeah it's uh it's two years 2.63 million i believe okay um yeah so that's i mean like that's basically a veteran minimum contract um yeah two years yeah. for the price of one basically yeah yeah yeah, exactly. So 2.6 was the tender. Who who reported mm-hmm. that? Because I still haven't seen that. Do you remember? No, I can find it. I'll send it to you after. All right. So, yeah, I mean, whatever it was, it was not going to be what the tender was. So, but like, okay. Like, went on the field, really interesting piece, but I don't know if you can trust him. Trey McKitty, it, it, you know, you know, it's like yeah. office space. Like, what do, what do you say you do here? Like, what is he bringing to the table? Because he's not you know, he's not a pass catcher and he's not going to be a pass catcher. Like he was drafted to be a blocker. Right. Um, and he underwhelmed in that area last year. I thought he had showed some, some signs of, 
of positive growth as a rookie, but I felt like he really took a step back last year. So, well, and specifically got called out by Brandon Staley, and he doesn't do that for a lot of guys. I mean, exactly. at least as far as like you know yeah. him saying, "Hey, we didn't film. get enough." Like, you know, go watch. The oh film. yeah, go watch the film. On it that. wasn't just not good; it was worse yeah. than not good. I would yeah. say, and, okay. and then so, like, how much of that impacts the running game? Right, such an underrated part of why right. the Chargers' running game wasn't good. People are tweeting at me like 30th ranked rushing offense, and you're drafting a tight end. It's like, well, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> like, you're making my point for me, doofus. Like, sorry. right. Well, I know. And like, the other thing, too, is like, you know, DeAndre Carter, you know, DeAndre Carter's out there, Michael Bandy. Like, people don't realize how much the perimeter stops good runs from being great runs, right? And, you know, okay runs from being good runs. Like, it's that such a big part of it. Last year was, was the tight end blocking. So, but to make the point here, like, yeah, they have four tight ends on the roster, but is it the best group you can possibly have if you're going to be a 12 personnel team? No. And and on top of that, do you have like a Dalton Schultz type player that was a key piece in the Kellen Moore offense? Like Kellen Moore and Brandon Staley believe in using tight ends. And so like, you know, Trey McKitty being the fourth tight end in the room is a, is a, is a much better scenario than him being the third tight end. It feels room. like it has to be a, like it, they ha- it has to be addressed. Especially yeah, right. when Brain so, Steely's out here saying he's going to improve it, right? He right, said it. Right. He said it's a group that we can exactly. improve on. Exactly. So the question is, who's it going to be? Now, Kincaid's not like a blocker, but he's a guy that can really make a difference in the passing game. Um, and that's really, I, you know, I've gone through every single tight end. Like the, the point more was like, here's what it looks like if they take a tight end versus like, like Dalton Kincaid's going to be the guy. But the one thing I go back to is like, okay, Brandon Staley has coached against Travis Kelsey four times since he took over as head coach. Travis Kelsey has 500 yards receiving and five touchdowns in four games. It's gross. That's like, silly. If I'm Brandon Staley. I'm like, I want to find the closest thing to that guy I possibly can because yes. that guy makes a huge difference. And I'm not saying Dalton Kincaid is going to be Travis Kelsey, but if you can find a player like that who can be a mismatch in the passing game, that's a, a huge he's the best shot at in this draft class to be that though if yeah. you're talking about what yeah. the closest thing to that i mean if it's somewhere in between zach Ertz and travis kelsey aren't you thrilled with that aren't you overjoyed right right so then but there's other guys like darnell washington out of georgia is like a beast of a blocker and then it makes have- a lot of sense too if they don't go that round one i mean in round two if they went that and you know they go edge round one darnell washington in round two sign me yeah. up or Tucker Kraft is kid out of South Dakota State. Like, there's going to be some options there um, as far as taking a tight end. But, like, just because you have four tight ends on the roster doesn't mean you're not going to try and upgrade that if it's going to be a big part of your offense and you want to be a 12 personnel team and you want to improve your running game, you know? So that's yeah. why I think, um, you know, investing in tight ends is a real possibility. Uh, but there's other options, obviously. Yeah, for sure. I mean, looking at your mock draft here, your, your mock draft 2.0, the Chargers, you have them selecting a tight end an edge rusher, and a playmaking wide receiver in the first three picks. Do you think that's the best-case scenario for L.A. to hit those three positions on the first two days of the draft? Yeah, I, I, I think those are the three positions that you have to target, right? You look, look at, have you guys looked at the wide receiver depth chart lately? Oh, yes. yes. It's three deep, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, three it's three, it's deep, three deep and probably missing a couple of, you know, just skill sets, I would say, as well. Right. Well, let's just assume that DeAndre Carter comes back as punt returner and – you know, fourth or fifth wide receiver. Let's just assume that happens. I'm not saying it's going to, but like high likelihood that happens. You still need another piece there, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And, you know, what's missing is what has always been missing, you know? And it's like that legitimate explosive speed threat, whether that's yards after the catch, horizontal stretching the field or vertically stretching the field. Um, so could they do that in the first round? Sure. Could they do that in the second round? Sure. Could they do that in the third round? Sure. 
Um, edge rusher, like Chris Rump got hurt last year. Unfortunate. We didn't really get to see him play, you know, without that MCL sprain. Um, to me, I feel like he's best served as like a fourth edge rusher and then like a core special teams guy. Like that feels like where he's going to make his money in the league. Um, and so like you need some juice behind Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. you got a full healthy season out of Khalil Mack. What are the chances that you get two consecutive fully healthy seasons out of Khalil Mack? And then, you know, Joey Bosa, we'll see. I mean, he, he got this core muscle surgery done. He said he's never felt better. Um, and then, you know, in his first game back, he tweaked it. So it's like. It never really looked right after he tweaked it either. Yeah, right. I exactly. Mean, in exactly. the playoff game either. Exactly. So um, you need some depth there. Now, could they bring back Kyle Van Noy? Sure. Um, I know Kyle Van Noy played really, really well down the stretch of the season. It took him a little bit to get into form and to get over that back injury he had earlier in the year. But there was a stretch there where he was a non-factor. It's not like he was great the whole season long if we're looking at it objectively. Um and then you need like a like a, a future plan as well. You know, Khalil Mack's gonna be third in his age thirty four season in the season after that. Like having a young guy um, that can ascend and take over that spot from Khalil Mack and also give you that rotational piece is is like another big thing that the Chargers need. So those three positions, but there are mm-hmm. other options. Like you you feel like okay, those are the three positions. But if a guy, like John Robinson. Right. Or there's some other guys. But Daniel Popper, I know you do not want you do not believe in taking running backs. I heard you on Chargers Weekly. You're not a fan if they would go Bijan Robinson. Is that fair? Well, or is he does he break the mold enough? You know what I mean? I think that's the question, right? Like, does is he that that special that you would get rid of your no running back in the first round kind of philosophy for him? Well, I guess like specifically with the Chargers situation. If you take Bijan Robinson at 21, how do you fill these other needs? I don't know. I mean, you have to. Well, because this is the thing. So what you were talking about going to your point, right? The Chargers have done a good job in the sense that there's not a lot of starting starting spots they have to fill, right? I mean, you could say a Lohi Gilman spot. Maybe that's up for grabs and they could try to upgrade on that. But, like, at what point is wide receiver a pseudo starting option because you know you're probably going to need that guy, right? At what point is edge rusher a, a, a pseudo you need a starter there because that dude is probably going to start eight or nine games for you this season. Right. So like, I think that's where it goes. That's the point I'm trying to make. You know, yeah. like I got a bunch on Twitter again for saying that they, you know, they have like work to do on the roster. Sure. Like, well, starting positions filled. It's like, tell me the last time a team went an entire season with all their starters playing 16, 17 games. It doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. Yeah. And so like, it's, it's, it's mind numbing to me that chargers fans could end up in this situation where they're like, we are set because we have all the starting positions filled when they've been watching this team for a decade <laughs> every year dude it's every year yeah okay it's a stars like nate nate tice said it at the start of last season he was dead on it's the stars and scrubs and guess what when a starting player goes down you need somebody capable to come in and take over and that's what we're talking about here and the only way that you make a run to a super bowl is if you have that depth and so you go running back at 21 you still need a speed wide receiver so what are you going to do there? You're going to roll into the season with the the trio of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, and DeAndre Carter, and like that's your group again. Please, okay. No. And then yeah, you might have to start Michael Bandy in a playoff game because you don't have anybody right. left. Right. Where are you finding that edge rusher? You know, yeah. and then you're gonna and then you're gonna go with the same group of tight ends and expect to be able to run laterally because you couldn't and do expect it the running game to be better just because you took a running back, which is just yeah. not the way it works. Right. So yeah. I mean, like, listen, B. John Robinson is going to be a really good player. Like, and there's, there's instances, you know, I guess like for me, 
you know, taking a running back like in the Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon sure. Barkley range, like I would never do that. The generational I, type. No. I personally am going to look for running backs later in the draft. That's just my personal preference. Um, but, yeah. you know, like if, if, if they are uncertain about this Eckler situation and they feel like B. John Robinson's like a top five player in the draft and they take him, sure, he's going to have a great impact. But, you know, I would worry about the depth of these other spots if you go running back in round one. That's sort of where I'm at. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. And I mean, in Brandon Staley, what effect does he have on it, right? Because it seems like his kind of fingerprints, especially when you talk about the offensive line and how much of an emphasis is put there, how much does he really value that position, right? And, and think he needs a guy like that with or without Austin Eckler, I think will, you know, play a huge factor and in it. Another part of this too, they took a 20-year-old running back in the fourth round last year right. that didn't touch the field. Just a total yeah. question mark. And that's the hard thing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's going to be a really good player, but they drafted a 20 year old, like a 20, he was 20 years old. Do you think that yeah. they think he's going to be a really good player? Cause yes. I think that's probably more important, right? Yes. Like what yes. they think about Isaiah Spiller will have, I think a lot to do with how they address this. I mean, the biggest thing is right. You've taken two fourth round running backs and a seventh round running back the last three seasons, and you haven't hit on any of them, right? So I think that's where people well, are you like, can throw Larry Roundtree out. Like, you're not, not going to, you know. <laughs> totally. You know, I'm saying in terms of like, oh, they've spent capital, they've spent capital. This no, time. just I'm more talking about just not being yeah. able to hit on rounds four through seven at running Let's back. Let's add right? some context here. Let's add some context here. Joshua Kelly, I think, showed that he's a very capable running back. Could be NFL, a hit. And he sprained his MCL on, uh, you know, blocking on a kickoff in mm. week five. And we never really saw He looks so good, man. I, I swear yeah. he like locked eyes with me at training camp because he heard some of the things I had said. And I'm like, man, you look so much better. I'm sorry. You I know, have like, never I, deviated. Go check everything I've written and said on any podcast. I've never deviated. I I think that Joshua Kelly is a good player and I think he's the best football is ahead of him. Like I don't So you're saying even after the first two years, you believed something like this was possible where he could he yeah, could have a transformation and look like a different player. Go read my stuff from, from years past. I promise you, I've never deviated from this. Um, and so like, I, it's not that bad of a situation. Now, if Austin no. isn't there, yeah, sound the alarms. Yeah. Like you gotta do something and get a difference maker there. But if you have Austin, yeah. you have Isaiah. And, and then the other context here is that Isaiah Spiller hurt his ankle in the yeah. preseason. Yeah. And that totally derailed his Huge. season. You know, yeah. an injury at that point as a rookie, especially a rookie that young and a guy trying to get his feet underneath him in terms of pass protection, like that is a huge deal. And so, yeah. It's not like they have a barren cupboard. Like, did, could they use a little bit more depth? Sure. It to me, like the Bijan Robinson question comes down to what is the result of the Austin Eckler situation. And sure. if they feel like they are not going to be able to work anything out with Austin Eckler, where they're going to have to trade him, then yeah, absolutely take Bijan Robinson because you got to have some sort of solution there. But if you feel like, hey, we're going to be able to get something done with Austin. He's going to be on the team. You have Isaiah Spiller in his second season and you have Joshua Kelly. Like I'm okay with that running back room to the point where yeah. I don't think it's necessary to spend the capital, a first round pick on a running back when you need. A, it a wouldn't wide. be very high on the list of needs at yeah. all. Right. And if you're going through it. Yeah. No, I mean, if you, so many like edge tight end, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker. Like there's so many things you could go to before and say that's a worse situation right now than what the Chargers running back room is. And a lot of it just depends on how you feel about Isaiah Spiller because it is just such a big question mark at this point because we haven't seen it, right? So you have to take a leap of faith. Leap of faith really paid off last year, though, with guys like Trey Pipkins where they had all their eggs in that basket going into the season and said, hey, this is going to work with this guy. And if it didn't, 
we all know what the alternative would have been, right? But already taking up way too much of Daniel Popper's time. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Make sure you guys are subscribing to The Athletic. It's the only paywall I think is worth paying for, and it's 100% worth it with Popper. And make sure you're following him at Daniel R. Popper on Twitter. So not only can you get the best Chargers content, but you can get some nice, deep, melodic house music as well. Pop, thank you so much for coming on, man. We appreciate you. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. A special thank you to Daniel Popper. Comes on, crushes it a thousand percent of the time. But we will be getting into our own mock draft next week. Mock draft, you know, let's call it 3.0, a three-round mock draft on Monday for the Locked On Chargers. Mock draft Monday. But again, thank you to Daniel Popper. And make sure you guys are subscribing to The Athletic. Really premium content over there. But to make sure you don't miss shows like this, make sure you are subscribing or following for free on YouTube and listening wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find the show every day on all of our social media, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. You can also find the show's page at Lockdown LAC and on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page and at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram. We will have a fan mail show soon. If you guys want to get your voicemails in, get a 30-second question into 323-524-7924 to get it on the next Chargers Mailbag Show. But thank you guys again for making this your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure you guys are checking out the Lockdown NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, a brand new show that covers free agency, the draft, salary cap management, and more with Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Make sure you're finding that on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast from. But we will be back with you guys, as always, on Monday with a brand new Mock Draft Monday with our own Chargers Mock Draft. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.